Welcome to episode five of the Truish Hoops podcast. As always, I am Dan Aquino, and today I'm joined by Preston Torres. Preston has worked in various positions with the New York Red Bulls and with the New York Jets. Aside from all that, he's also a good friend and a fellow Johnny. So welcome to the show. I'm glad you could join me today. Appreciate it, Dan. I'm so happy to be back doing this with you, man, especially from when we were at St. John's. So it's long overdue. Finally have some time. I'm that I'm so happy to talk hoops, man. Now, yeah, I'm glad you're here. And for those who don't know what he's talking about, back when we were at St. John's as students together at WSU Radio, we had a on-air talk show. We did it live uh, called Let Me Hear It, where we talk sports and stuff. And that's kind of where um, this bond that we have has started. Um, so here we are back together after, I don't know, when the last time we did this. You know, back in oh. what twenty twenty one, right before yeah. I graduated. Yeah, so yeah, right before you graduated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how you doing? How's how's it been? Been busy, man, but I'm glad to be back. You know, um, glad to have some time to hop on. Lots of things in Nick's world to talk about. I know that your show now is kind of focused on the league as a whole, so I don't want to hog the Knicks too much because oh. I you know I could just start talking about Knicks all day and start talking about like the 2013 mellow teams for no reason um <laughs> that's you, you know, know. That's, always, that's always stuff we used to do the Minnesota Timberwolves would come up randomly uh for some reason uh, and there we are I was I wasn't gonna say it and I was hoping it would just come up randomly again but oh, there it, it is it's it got brought up. because you know with all this it's like a lot of chatter has been around the Knicks this offseason other than like, you know, the actual stuff that's been going on. So we could get into it. Um, there's a couple things that have gone on. You know, we go from the OB top in trade. We got we signed Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, we were yeah. able to bring back Josh Hart for a cheaper price than I think most people thought at the end of the season. Um, so first on the OB top in trade, because I know I think you're a fan of him just as I was. How you feel about the OB top in trade? Well, we got back two second round picks. Yeah, Obi Toppin trade was just kind of a disappointment all around just because it's the eighth pick in the draft and the expectation was when you drafted the guy, yeah, he was the right pick at the time. And then also the hope was he would start immediately because of the year that Randall had. But then we kept Randall in the offseason, go into the season. He has the all-NBA season, leads us to the first uh, playoff series in like, eight years um even though he didn't show up but regardless like at that point it was kind of solidified like the the front office was put in a front a tough spot where they have to re-sign the guy who have has actually led to success for the first time in eight years or you're going to trade him at his highest level and start the eighth pick that you drafted the year before um we kept randall Going to the next year, we don't make the playoffs. Obi gets a burn at the end of the season, and everyone thinks, oh, he's going to be amazing because he put up, like, 40 points in one of those games. And then we go to the next season. Yeah, and then we go to the next season and gets no burn, no run, and here we are. Yeah, I think just the whole thing, the whole situation, I think, just sucks because, like you said, at the front office was very high on Obi Toppin when we drafted him at eighth overall. And then... Julius Randle having the season they had just put them in a position where they couldn't really do, they couldn't play Obi Toppin a bunch. On top of that, I don't think Tibbs really wanted to play him a bunch. And then mm. Julius Randle, who's 
you know, been the best player on our team, arguably. Um, you know, because there's a lot of dudes now, Jalen Brunson, things, whether he's the best player or Julius Randle. It's, it's Jalen Brunson. You think it's Jalen Brunson? I don't know. It, come on. Without a doubt, it's Jalen Brunson, man. The guy was the real all-star on the team and got super snubbed. I don't oh, know I how he got, he got snubbed. snubbed yeah. He was the all-star. Julius Randle was just putting up numbers, but none of that was equating to actual wins. Let's be real. I, I flipped you want to talk about Everyone wants to talk about Russell Westbrook with empty stats. Julius Randle is the empty stat king. (laughs) Empty stat king. Oh, yeah, especially if you look at his usage and stuff. Uh, I think the playoffs definitely showed that Jalen Brunson is the guy that can be trusted more, uh, which is why you you have fans out there that want Julius Randle to be shopped. They want him traded. Um, I've always, I've been on that since the bad season, you know, and I just kind of put up with the fact that he was really good this year. Um, was an all star again and made an all NBA team. Um, but I just don't think uh, Julius Randle is our best player, will bring us to the heights that we want to go. But quickly back on Obi Toppin, yeah. I'm not sure he, he, I don't think he was ever given the chance to really succeed as a member of the New York Knicks. Um, if you look at his time in Dayton, he got a lot of touches, he was kind of a he was a paint beast. Uh, just around the rim as a rim runner and as a lob threat. We really only ever saw him as a lob threat, and then he had to develop a three-point shot because we played him at the four as a, for spacing, you know, playing with Mitchell Robinson and stuff and Hartenstein. So he doesn't—he didn't really get to play the game that we that he was so dominant in in college, National Player of the Year and stuff like that. And then whenever he did get to play a bunch, he averaged like 20 points a game in, in games that he played over 30 minutes, averaged about 20 points per game, eight rebounds. And he was really good. Um, but with Julius Randle at his position and we're kind of married to Julius Randle and Tom Thibodeau, you know, that I've said that multiple times we're riding yeah. with them, the front office, Leon Rose and them. So that's where it's going to be. And there was nowhere really for Obi Toppin to go. He was kind of capped. So it made sense to trade him, you know, he's, but now one, we only get two second-round picks, which in today's NBA, I don't know how much value there is in second-round picks. And then now we don't really have a backup power forward. Who's going to play those minutes? Yeah, uh, that's the biggest question. I mean, it's just overall, I guess to sum it up in one statement, it's just a shame because the guy was the eighth pick in the draft. You know, you wanted to see him get more minutes because you invested an eighth pick into him. You could have drafted somebody else. And I don't remember who was there at the time off the top of my head like that we passed on. That's amazing. I guess Maxi would be the only one that I could think of. But we got quickly at the end. So I think it kind of levels out a bit. Everyone screams Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, Halliburton. Yeah, I forgot about Halliburton. And now they're teammates. So Mm. it's funny that that happened. I don't know if Halliburton... Halliburton's an interesting case. I don't know if he's really like that guy necessarily i don't know if he would have lasted with us i feel like at that point his uh trajectory would have been messed with like something would have been on i just I feel, feel that, it i feel that way too which is why the kings made a decision they said we have Halliburton, we have De'Aaron fox which one are we going to keep and they said De'Aaron fox and that has proven to be a good decision after the season De'Aaron fox just had um despite you know, them losing in the first round to the Warriors. They trade Sabonis and they get um, the Pacers get Halliburton and he ends up thriving there. I don't know if that exactly would have gone 
great with us, him playing alongside what Randall at that point and you know Alec Burks and the team that we had that first Jeez. season. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred Payton and Brand- stuff like that. It would have been him and RJ. That would have been the big thing. The big push probably would have been him and RJ. But like like you said, he went from the Kings getting no not as many touches to now he's on the Pacers getting all the touches and he looks amazing. So the question is now, is it legit or is it volume? And I guess we'll see a little bit more this year. The team people are putting them as like a dark horse playoff contender. So We'll see if Halliburton really is that guy a little bit more this year. Maybe he turns into like a shy, not to shy's level, but he's on a shy like team where the team is a bunch of guys that are unproven and he's the guy that could take off out of all of them. Yeah. Um, and then him and Matherin too. Matherin is really good. Oh, I do like Benedict um, Matherin. I think he's really good. Um, yeah, but, that Pacers team is going to be interesting. Um, I think they'll be in that mix at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. There's a couple teams you could throw in there um, with the Hawks and maybe if the Hornets, you give them a chance, the Magic, the Pistons, who I think are going to be better this year despite how badly they were last year. Um, But to move on from Obi Toppin, now I want to gauge your thoughts on all these guys that they're throwing in as in trade rumors who we could trade for because I think it's obvious that our direction right now is we're going to sit on all these assets, whatever we've accumulated through trades or, you know, when we trade out of our draft picks and stuff like that to wait for that disgruntled star that becomes available. Everyone thought we were in on Bradley Mm -hmm. Beal. That didn't happen. Zach Levine's name came up and then, you know, reports came out that Zach Levine wasn't interested, which is fine. Um, You've had Joel Embiid now come up with, the statement he made last week, uh, I talked about it on last week's episode, how he wants to win a championship, but he said either Philly or anywhere else. Yeah. And then, and then of course, uh, people that I think the most likely would be Carl Anthony Towns, despite how I feel about it. So let me hear your thoughts on that. How would you feel about Carl Anthony Towns being on the Knicks? That is the worst possible thing to ever happen when you're making the big splash. That guy, the Wolves have been brought up. Here there we are. <laughs> Timberwolves have been brought up. Cat, um, if people think that Julius Randle has issues playing in New York and gets in his head too much, what makes you think that Cat isn't going to be 10 times worse? The guy plays in a city where the expectations are never there, and <laughs> he does... Nothing. They've got to the playoffs with Jimmy Butler and they did nothing. And he didn't show up. I don't think I don't remember him showing up in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler ran the third stringers with him. And they smoked the first the first string with Cat. Andrew Wiggins leaves the Timberwolves, goes to the Warriors and is a transformed player. Like there are players that were being held back on that team. And I guess maybe you could make an argument. Yeah, Wiggins left. So look at that. He's a good player now. Cat could be the same if he leaves. But Cat is just so offensively focused that he's going to give you nothing on defense. He won't mesh with Tut. He's not meshing with Tibbs. That's just not happening. And then... Tibbs was his coach. Tibbs was his coach in Minnesota. Yeah, and they weren't good together. Tibbs was his coach. They weren't good. Tibbs was his coach. They weren't good. Like, Cat is just 
the worst possible route to go if that's your number one guy. I just, I can't imagine it. I think it's the biggest mess that would ever happen. So anyone who's calling for Cat, just leave that out, please. I'd rather have Randall. I'd rather have Randall. I completely agree with you. And anyone who who says, oh, Wiggins left the Timberwolves and got better, the Timberwolves were looking at Wiggins as their their guy. Wiggins was drafted first overall. They traded Kevin Love for him. So they thought Wiggins would be one of their cornerstone pieces of you know a future that included playoff wins, and it wasn't because Wiggins isn't quite that player. He's great playing alongside Steph Curry, Clay, and Draymond as a third option. I think in their championship run, he was more or less their second best option. But as a first option, he was never going to work. And I think Kevin Anthony Towns is that same way. Now, if you see Jalen Brunson as our number one option, maybe you could see a world where Carl Anthony Towns works. But how much better is Carl Anthony Towns than Julius Randle? I would, I would argue Julius Randle is a better player than him. Despite the I would both too. Having, despite them both having, you know... La, you know they don't play defense either one of them um so much yeah, so that right. the, the, so much so that the wolves traded you know everything in the kitchen sink to get rudy gobert to have someone play defense at the rim yeah and randall for what it's worth like yeah he doesn't play defense but when he does it's just a little better like he's better on defense than cat Cat, I remember he would lead the league in blocks like a couple of years ago, and everyone said, like, oh, he's a good defender. But he did nothing else. He just gets blocks because he's big. Guys would drive on him, he'd just go up and block him. That guy gives you nothing on defense. He'll get you boards. Okay. But Randall, for what it's worth, like, Randall's not the best defender. He's not the best on offense because the guy wants to handle the ball like he's mellow. But <laughs> he, he gives does. you effort. I just don't feel the effort from Cat. I just look at him and I say, this guy just doesn't care. He just does what he does and he's good. And that's that. Um, After a playoff the- game, he went to Mike Conley and said, you're going to be on COD later tonight? That's what, that's where his head was Exactly. At. That's where he's his head the, was He's at. the Ben Simmons generation. Okay. <laughs> Ben Simmons is a whole different story, man. I'm not getting into Ben Simmons. No. We'll be here all day. <laughs> How about Zion Williamson? Oh, I like <laughs> Zion. It's a tough one. Yeah, so do I. But there's I like baggage. him when he plays. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, the the, <laughs> the off the court stuff. <laughs> that is what it is. I mean, he's a young kid with a lot of money. I mean. It wouldn't yeah. be me, but I don't, you know, I could see how it could happen. Um, it's not trouble. He's not in trouble or anything, so. It could definitely be worse. It could be know. John Morant, you know. Yeah, it could be John Morant. Exactly. Um, do you, see, do you, do you see people that tweet about, you know, the Knicks got the best draft pick in, yeah. in that draft? Cause John yeah, Morant, that was during the playoffs. Yeah. Because <laughs> RJ was balling. Yeah, RJ was balling. And John Morant has all oh. these issues with guns and. Zion yeah. is being, I don't even know what to call it. Um, he's all over the place. He's having his fun. Um, but Zion's an interesting thing because I do think the Pelicans eventually, I think they're trying to kick the rock down the road, but I think eventually they're yeah. going to have, they're going to move off from him uh, just because one, I don't ever think he wanted to be there. And I, I know we've talked about that before on yeah. draft night. He did not look happy. Um, 
that the Pelicans somehow ended up with the first overall pick, despite having like the ninth, the ninth worst record that season. Uh, the conspiracy is, you know, the Anthony Davis trade, the league, you know, threw the Pelicans a bone. Uh, but don't, I digress. Don't, don't get me to start talking about the Lakers getting the fourth pick. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. I'm not as mad about the, the Pelicans and the and the Grizzlies jumping us. It was the Lakers getting the fourth pick to finally get the last thing to trade for Anthony Davis because they had nothing. They had no reason to ever be in the talks for Anthony Davis, and then that got them in. That's funny. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. But, you know, Zion has the issue with the weight, whether, you know, it's mm-hmm. – uh, 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 whether it's, you know, what he's eating or just a dedication issue – um, but when he does play, like you mentioned, he's, you know, 27 points per game, eight rebounds. He shoots over 60% from the field. He's a really great player. But will he be able to stay on the floor? Yeah, that's the thing with Zion. My pray, like, if we were to ever trade for Zion, the hope is that you don't give up as much as you would for someone like an NBA or for someone like um, Luca. Um, you know, these other, or, or Donovan Mitchell, you're hoping you're getting him a little bit less just because of the injuries and stuff. And the fact that obviously he doesn't want to be there. The guy never wanted to be there. The Pelicans have kind of mismanaged the situation. I feel like, I feel like they jumped in way too quick to get McCollum. Um, and at this point, it's almost like they're just waiting on Zion to have another decent year and for them not to make the playoffs or something to then move from Zion. Cause now you got that value back on him a little bit you give up a little bit less and you get to retain most of the guys to play with him and then if he stays healthy i mean the guy when he he was healthy and he was an all-star he was putting up all-time numbers the guy is legit when he plays and stays healthy he is really really good so zion i love zion on the knicks it's just for what's the price are we giving up just as much as we would for a Luka or an Embiid? Or are we getting that injury-prone discount? Are we taking the risk and not giving up as much? And then I, I also feel with Zion, if you get Zion, you can't bank on him being the 100% person. Like, that's the big move. No, you have to make another move after that. You need to get, like, a Donovan Mitchell. Because at least Donovan Mitchell's more of the sure thing. And if Zion works out, this team's over the top. If we're, we were to trade, say, for a Zion and not have to give everything up, I don't know what the Pelicans would want. If maybe they would take Randall back. Randall had his first breakout season with the Pelicans. Um, and, you know, he's former teammates with Brandon Ingram. Um, if they took Randall, that'd be a big piece. And if we're getting him yeah. for a discount because he's injury prone and all the other stuff, I could see that work. You know, I would hate to give up RJ just because I think he's, you know, a good player. To I, I still want to see what RJ has because he's only 22 years old. I know some fans have kind of given up on him, and I've I've had my, you know, times where I'm like, man, I don't know if RJ's going to be that guy. But I think as like a third best player, I think it could work. You know, similar to like an Andrew Wiggins. Um, he's he's not Andrew Wiggins defensively, but you know, in that similar type of role. Um, that could work. That's a, a road I would see. All right, that works. Jalen Brunson, say with RJ Barrett, Donovan Mitchell, if he were to sign, and then somehow Zion Williamson gets added to the mix. You know, you give up picks, Randall. Um, maybe Grimes has to go, maybe quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That works, I think. 
especially if Zion, yeah. even if even if Zion only plays like sixty to sixty five games, you at least have Brunson and Mitchell. You have enough to withstand those games in a regular season. Yeah, and hundred percent though with Randall, like getting Zion. If you're getting any of these bigs that are mentioned in these conversations with the Knicks, Randall has to hundred percent be in that package to be out. You'd be He's surprised. Be, You'd be surprised because every he, time I see a trade like uh like one it like if Bleacher Report or ESPN they put a trade together, Randall's never involved. It's always like Grimes, RJ, quickly, uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson, anybody else but Randall, like I think because their assumption is Randall's our best player. We want to keep Randall and Brunson. I could part with Randall. If it's getting an upgrade, I think we can part with him. You know, it doesn't make sense to trade RJ and a bunch of guards for a big. Like, because then, yeah. then we're thin at guard. And then we have to find, you know, through free agency and stuff, like, have to fill that void. Yeah, it makes no sense. It makes no sense to have Randall with Zion. It makes no sense to have Randall with, him, with Embiid. Um, no. neither would Mitchell Robinson's too in, in, um, in Bede's case. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't really want him either with like Luka Doncic. I, I just wouldn't. And if he was with Luka Doncic, the whole thing would be, or, or a guard or another wing, the whole thing would have to be that he really needs to learn how to take, take that step back. If he's going to play with these guys, Jalen Brunson's the ball handler. The other wing or guard is your number one, number two option to that, and you're the third option. And you're not, you're not Carmelo Anthony in your prime, man. Like, stop dribbling the ball up the court. <laughs> Bro, I hate it. Honestly, hate it. I'm, I'm sick of it. No handle, Randall is a real thing. It needs to be stopped. <laughs> That's hilarious. It needs to be stopped. No I'm sick of it. Randall. There's nothing more frustrating than watching Julius Randall run up the court with the ball in his hands and pull up from three. Like he's mellow in his prime. It drives me nuts. Some people didn't like it when Mellow did it. So you think Randall is gonna be okay? I didn't really like it when Mellow did it either. <laughs> I'm one of those people. It would drive me a little crazy because if it was missing, then I'd be like, Are you kidding me? Why are you putting up twenty five shots and only making nine of them? Uh I love Mellow, but he would do that a lot. I feel yeah, and he would. For and let alone to then have Randall do it on top of it, it's even worse. So, regardless, I think with most of these guys, honestly, Randall would have to be out of the picture. I'm trying to keep RJ as that third guy because at least RJ, if he's not really going to turn into that guy, he still knows his role. RJ knows how to play with other guys. Mm-hmm. Julius, I don't think he knows how to play with other guys. The guy, he's all over the place. So, with all that being said, let's just assume nothing gets done this offseason, which I don't think it will. Um, Going with the roster we have forward, um, assuming we extend quickly, um, having Dante DiVincenzo, who I mentioned earlier, he's been added, another Villanova guy to play with Brunson and Hart. What are your expectations for next season? Because it's, you know some people are on either end. They're really positive. They're saying, all right, we could get even better. We could be better. Or they're negative. They're like, you know what? It's not going to work again. Yeah, I'm not down on the Knicks. I just, you know, you got to temper your expectations. It's like the Mets. Last year, the Mets won 102 oh games. And then look what happened <laughs> this year. Jesus. I didn't temper my expectations. And now I'm, I'm, I'm facing the consequences. But see, of, you know? I, di- I did 
I think I mentioned it to you before. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this season, but I didn't think it'd be this bad. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a similar situation with the Knicks. It's just like they had such a great year last year with no expectations. Nobody thought they'd make it to the second round, let alone no, some people were saying they'd be in the plan or out of the plan. That was, that was the expectation. That, the expectation was you're a playoff content, not playoff, play in contender. Yeah, play in contender, yeah. I feel and like that's where we're going to be. Then you'll be bounced, you know? And everybody <laughs> thought that too. Um, but Jalen Brunson comes in, and the guy is insane. The guy led the team like crazy. And seeing how he played in the playoffs, I mean, everyone has been saying it, but there could be another level to this guy that we haven't seen yet. I almost yeah. feel like it's a Jamal Murray kind of situation where, remember, he puts up, like, 50-something in the bubble, but then he gets hurt, um, comes back. Like, he's not the best. But then look at how he played during the playoffs this year. Like the guy he, was, has, he was incredible in the playoffs. Yeah. He had another level in him that nobody thought he'd be able to go back to because he got hurt. Jalen Brunson, two years in a row, has gone to the conference. Well, my bad. I almost said Knicks went to the conference finals. <laughs> but he went to the Western Conference finals with the Mavs which really had no business being there and was balling out. And then with the Knicks, took the team that went to the finals in the East to six games, played them in probably the better series out of all of them for Miami because that Boston series, yeah, they let them back in and they went to game seven, but that wasn't like that great of a series no. that Boston played compared to the Knicks playing Miami. But, yeah, I think we did play them the toughest. I think they struggled the most. Even though they beat us in six, um, I think they struggled the most against us. It took everyone else other than Jalen Brunson not playing well um, and RJ sort of uh, to beat us. If Randall plays better, that's a seven-game series and or we come out on top, which is what I thought going in. I, you know, yeah, I think we win that series if we win game six because – we had it for Man. a second, and the momentum was there. It was mm -hmm. just, J but it was Jalen Brunson versus the world. Like nobody else was doing anything. If anybody else had stepped up and made a shot, we're in Game Seven at home at the Garden. Um, we're we're beating Miami in Game Seven. Now against Boston, we would see what happens. I thought we were the better match. I thought that's a good matchup for us to play Boston. I still think Boston's the better team at the end of the day, but. Yeah, that's how I was viewing it at the time. But just the way, like, they, the Knicks at home, if we win game one, we won the series. That was the game that kind of threw us off because we won game two at home, went to Miami, and now it's like, all right, you got to take one in Miami. Mm -hmm. That was tough. Didn't really happen. Did not happen. Then you come home for game five, stomp game five at the end. I mean, the way they played at home was sick. So you just got that one game. If they got game one, they're winning the series because the home advantage is in their favor the whole the whole way. We just lost game one, man. It was so close. Um, but I guess going back to, like, the expectations of the Knicks going into next year, my thoughts, I would say I hope and pray that they are close to what they were last year and if not better. I think overall the team – might be a little better. I like Dante DiVincenzo. If he's healthy, that's a great pickup because it's literally what we need. Um, Josh Hart, if he stays healthy, you know, we need – I think overall everyone else just has to stay healthy. If everyone's healthy and they can play the way they did last year 
or a little better, like in Jalen Brunson's case, um, or especially RJ's case, we're a good team. I don't know if we're pushing finals. We'll push conference finals at our peak conference finals. Who knows yeah. about the finals? Yeah, who who really knows? And I think there's still some things to be, you know, done in the Eastern Conference because you got Philly who may or may not trade James Harden. You know, you have Miami, whether they'll get Damian Lillard or not. Uh, you know, the only teams really other than that, you have Cleveland, who I think got a little better. Uh, they added Max Struess and they got uh, George Niang. So that's some extra punch off their bench that they were uh, missing. They brought back Karis LeVert, too. We did beat them. Yeah. We, did, we beat them very convincingly. So, you know, there's not too much worry there with Cleveland. Uh, but other than that, you have Milwaukee, who people think will be just as good as they are. Everyone on that team's a year older. It's kind of just Giannis with an old group now at this point. Um, so we'll see if they're still great. And then Boston adding Porzingis. That'll be an interesting thing to see how that, Ooh, how that works that. out. I forgot about Porzingis to Boston. If he's healthy, that's a nasty team. But we'll see how that goes. It just depends on how they play. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing with the Knicks, though, also, is if we go to the playoffs, it's all about our matchups. Because we either have a good path or we play Milwaukee. And that's like our nightmare. All right. So I mentioned, you know, whether Miami could get Damian Lillard. I just want to get your thoughts on Damian Lillard finally requesting a trade after all these years in Portland. And, you know, the fact that he only wants to go to Miami. There's He's not budging on that as far as the reports are coming out and his agent even telling other teams not to trade for him because it's not where he wants to be. So what are your thoughts on that Damian Lillard stuff? It's just annoying. Um, it's just like you wasted all that time in Portland for nothing. And then now you're saying you want to go to only Miami. I get why he wants to only go to Miami because – for what it's worth, Miami is probably a point guard like him away from being one of the favorites for the championship. Um, but it's just like, come on, man. Like, you waited all that time. You played all those years in Portland for what? For what? I get it. You were loyal. I respect it to an extent because we get on people like LeBron and KD for doing that kind of stuff, just jumping team to team. But it was the writing was on the wall after they lost the Western Conference Finals. It was just like this team is going nowhere. CJ McCollum was out, you know, after that, and it was just a matter of time before Lillard was finally getting out. And Lillard didn't want to go anywhere. He wants to stay and rebuild the team. Like the team was not going to get rebuilt, man. That team is not <laughs> getting rebuilt while you're still playing. That, that's that's uh, the thing that people have been bringing up. They're like. After they made that Western Conference Finals, they played um, – <clears throat> it was the Warriors, no? They played the yeah, Warriors. the and Warriors. They got, they got swept. After that, it kind of made sense. Like, all right, this might be the ceiling. Like, if they made the Conference Finals, which was the farthest they had gone up to that point. They played a Warriors team with no Kevin Durant, and they weren't even – it wasn't even a contest. They got swept. Nope. And then they trade CJ McCollum. That I thought was gonna be it. I was like, they got rid of CJ McCollum. I mean, that's it. Like, it's just Damian Lillard and Nurkic, and then the young guys that they started to draft. But for whatever yeah. reason, you know, they Damian Lillard says that they promised that they'd build a contender. Um, 
And that's why he ended up <laughs> signing that that huge extension that's going to be paying him like sixty million dollars after this season, uh, which was which is what's making uh, being able to trade him so difficult because he's going to be making a lot of money. But now you know he only wants to go to Miami because he's he's being very specific according you know according to the reports he wants to go to a team that's good but not going to be a super team when he joins so he doesn't want to go to boston he doesn't want to go to philly he doesn't want to go to milwaukee because he joins those teams they're automatically the favorite they're the best team uh they'd probably i'd take them over denver for example um yeah meanwhile you know you got bradley beal and phoenix you know they're doing whatever they're doing with booker and kd uh you know but lillard that's a mess <laughs> that team's gonna nice. be fun. That team's gonna be funny because they're gonna be incredible offensively. But we'll see what they do defensively. Um, but yeah, after all these years, Damian Lillard talking about you know being loyal, making fun of other players, and running from the grind. Now he says, "All right, trade me." And there's only one place I want to go. Portland doesn't like the Miami offer because Miami's offer is mostly centered around Tyler Hero, who the Portland Trailblazers do not need and I guess just don't really care for. Um, they have guards. They have Afferty Simmons. They just drafted Scoot Henderson. Um, they have Shaden Sharp. They don't need a wing, per se. They just need possibly draft capital and just to get off Damian Lillard to trade him. But you actually, you're not sure this trade actually gets done. No, I don't. Like, the way it's going right now, the ball should really be in Miami's court. Because when you look at it, Portland should want to get off of Damian Lillard. You just drafted Scoot, who's played insane in the in the in the summer league, um, and I think he's NBA ready more than the other two guys drafted ahead of yes. him. Yes, um, he was my guy. Like if the if the Knicks somehow had a chance to get him, like I really wanted him, but, but obviously they weren't going to do it. Um, no. But like that's the guy. I feel like Scoot's gonna be the next guy to come out and automatic, just automatic impact, immediate. So you have him. You have Simons, who's been getting more run the last couple of years and has shown like he's a pretty good player. Um, so we want to see how he plays. And then Shaden Sharp has a lot of potential. And we're gonna hold Damian Lillard um, on this team of a bunch of guys that we want to play over him. And Exactly. Then not have the other guys to fill out around them. No, like you're not gonna want to keep Damian Lillard. So really, it's more on Portland's hands to get rid of him than it is with Miami to give him a good offer. Because he only wants to go to Miami. And for what it's worth, I mean, Miami gave them Tyler Harrow. Yeah, if I'm Portland, I'm looking at Tyler Harrow. I'm saying we already have a bunch of guys. I don't think we need him. It's better than what a lot of other teams will probably give you. For Damian Lillard, if he requested to go there. So in that case, I mean, even if you don't want Tyler Harrell, just trade him. You don't think he has value around the league? I think Tyler Harrell got decent value around think, on certain teams. You I could get a good piece for Tyler Harrell. Mm-hmm. You know? 20-point-per-game score. He was six-man of the year um, season before this one. Um, I think he's a good player. Um, but in terms of what Portland um, – needs he's not what they need what they're gonna have to do and this is the only way i think this trade gets done they're gonna need another team to jump in here to maybe tyler hero doesn't end up going to portland he goes somewhere else and other stuff gets yeah. sent to portland um 
whether that's the Clippers, if the Sixers, you know, throw their mess into this mess, it really is messy. And I, I, I honestly think, I think it gets done just because I don't see a world where Portland says, all right, Dame, come back. Because it's just going to be like the one guy that's like, all right, we're kind of on this page, the rest of the team and the front office, but then we just have Dame here. Like, what is Dame going to do here? It's kind of yeah. like, it's, it's similar to when um, the Wizards back in the day had Gilbert Arenas. He was kind of their best player. They drafted John Wall when they realized Gilbert Arenas was injury prone and stuff. And then they had him together and it was kind of a weird dynamic. You couldn't really play him together. You couldn't, you know, pick one or the other. You got the young kid. You got Scoot, who I agree with you. I think he's the most NBA ready of that top three that got picked. God knows why. Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets chose Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson. Um, <laughs> I, I get it. I guess they didn't think they could play LaMelo and Scoot together. Sure. You know, maybe they know better than I do. But, and then Victor Wembanyama's a project. He really is. It's going to be a few years before he yeah, really starts I'll... to uh, dominate in the way that people think he will. Scoot Henderson, I think right off the bat, he's going to be really good. Um, he could possibly win Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think it's going to be t- between him and Chet Holgram because Chet Holgram kind of has a leg up on the rest of the field. Yeah. Because he did Chet's on that Embiid run. He's, he's on that Blake Griffin kind of thing where Blake Griffin came in and was kind of – was really good. Blake Griffin was an all-star his rookie year. Um, not that Chet is going to be an all-star. I don't know if he will be just because of how many players there are in the West, all-star players. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Portland brings Damon back. I don't. It, I just don't see it. it. It just would be terrible, I think. It'd be, you know, he's already rubbed some of the fan base off. The fa- I think the fan base is even ready to depart with Dame. They understand. You know, they're smart enough to understand what's happened. He's done enough that he can there, and Portland is ready to move on. And they're in a great spot, honestly. They already have young players. Some some teams that, you know, they trade their best player, they're, they're desolate for the next couple seasons. I don't think Portland yeah. would be that bad. Uh, they're going to be in, yeah, in the bottom, but I, I mean, they'll probably be better than Houston. They're, I don't know if oh. they'll be, they'll be, they'll yeah. probably be better than uh, the Spurs and stuff because, you know, the Spurs basically Ooh. the same team plus Victor. Um, you know, they got a lot a of young. Take. The it's Spurs a aren't take. a great team. They don't have. I, I've been hearing a lot of people high on the Spurs, at least making the playoffs. Um, making the playoffs. Yeah, playing like I, I've heard a lot on the Spurs. Oh, I, think, me, well, I think a lot of it has to do with Pop staying around, and now he got a guy who's supposed to be good. I don't think he'll be that crazy his first year. I think it's a Porzingis situation where, like, yeah, he'll show you flashes, but he's not that guy the first year. The second year, we're gonna see if he really turns yeah. into that. It- um. It's, we'll, it's what we'll we see. saw. He only played two games in the summer league, but one, he was really bad, the first one. He looked out of place. Yeah. He looked he, like he didn't know what he was doing. Second game, he was pretty good, took better shots. He's going to be a shot blocker for sure. He's going he's gonna to block three, four shots a game just off his height alone. But I think he's going to struggle in the pick and roll when they switch him out to the perimeter when he has to defend. Yep. Uh, and I think just dealing with some of the physicality, he might have some struggles. And then he has to improve his jump shot and stuff because he has a nice looking jumper, but it's not, it doesn't fall that often. He only shot, I think 29% uh, from three uh, in the French league. Um, But yeah, he's a year or two away. 
Uh, but I, I, I don't think the Spurs are going to be that good. I don't think they have an incentive to try to win right away. Why not have Victor still be yeah. kind of bad, get another good draft pick next year? Um, I'm not really sure what the next year's uh, draft pool looks like, but why not get another young star and keep building on top of it, you know? Not a trust the yeah. process quite way, but, you know, similar. A, yeah, play it out and see what happens. Um, I'm I'm kind of indifferent with them, but I know I've just been hearing a lot of people are high on the Spurs. And I think most of it is just went by Yama hype. You yeah. know, I like I said, I think the guy is, he's definitely a work in progress, especially with his jumper. If he could get his jumper consistently, then we got someone who could really change the league. Um, I think that's his biggest thing. If he could get that mid-range game going, like Porzingis had on the Knicks, where he was just shooting over people from the mid-range, and then he would extend it with a three and catch bigs off the dribble and drive in. Yeah. That guy is sick. And then eventually building the post game later on down the line. Crazy. But yeah, I think Portland, I think it behooves them to trade Lillard. Um I think eventually they'll just swallow their pride and just say, you know what, we, we'll take what we can get, especially if there isn't any other teams offering stuff, which I'm not sure there is because Boston's out. Because if Boston was going to offer anything, they would have offered Jalen Brown. That's done because Brown is now, you That's know. beyond done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the money he's going to be making is insane for someone not being the best player on that team. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with no left hand. <laughs> oh my God. Crazy. Have you the seen? The memes were crazy for that. The, yeah, they really are. I heard, I heard there was one that was pretty wild. <laughs> um, there was the, one. I don't even know if I want to talk about it, but it was pretty wild. <laughs> we, know, we, know, we know which one it is. If you're on social media, you know which one it is because I've seen it like ten times. Everyone was reposting it, um, but yeah, I, that's that's a big question mark for Boston. But that, it's a gamble; they're going to take it. Um, you mentioned Porzingis; they're going to hope that that is the piece that puts them over. I'm not sure if it is. If Porzingis has the season he had last year, maybe I don't know if he can rec- recreate that in Boston as a third option. You know, in yeah, in the in the Wizards, he was in the, on the Wizards. He was kind of the first option whenever he played, because uh, Beal missed a lot of time. I don't have exactly how many games he missed, but he missed a lot of time. He didn't play a lot. It was mostly just him and Kuzma, and they both got, uh, you know, Kuzma got his money. Surprisingly, going back to the Wizards, I thought he'd leave, because why would you want to be on the Wizards? But, um. <laughs> I don't know, the Wizards, why would you want shots, man? Why would you want to Strays be on the Wizards? Are going everywhere. <laughs> why would you want to be on the Wizards? You wouldn't. The last there's no reason to be on the Wizards. But... I think it was 2017, the last time the Wizards made the playoffs. Which yeah, the year Bradley Beal, the year that we thought they would go to the Eastern Conference Finals and they blew it against the Celtics, and then we thought, <laughs> said, oh, they would come back Isaiah Thomas, the Isaiah Thomas led Celtics. Yes, um, they were world beaters that year, man. The Wizards <laughs> should have won that. <laughs> oh, it pains me because I wanted to see them win because I like John Wall yeah, and Brad Beal. Yeah, I liked. I was a big fan no. of John Wall back in the day. Um, seems like he's out of the league, unfortunately. But um, he needs to go team up with Boogie in Puerto Rico. But <laughs> go play for the Mets. It's something, man. You tell 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 anyone back in 2014, 2015, You know these guys in like six years are gonna Sooner. be out of the league. Sooner, man. When was Boogie on the Pelicans? Like 2016, 2017? 
I'm awfully uh, there. Demarcus, he was traded in 2017. In 2017, he was traded to them. Yep. Wow. So then he was there in 2018, and that was like the second year was the better year of the ones that he was there. Yeah, he averaged 25 and 13. He had such a great year, and then it just then the injury he he, he tore his Achilles. Yeah, he tore his Achilles. Right. He had such a great year too. He was like that year was crazy, man. I just remember thinking of that team, and he—they were showing that like it's possible to win with two bigs. Yeah, and then well, he gets hurt because you because you have their hybrid bigs. You know, Demarcus Cousins could dribble, he could shoot. Same thing with Anthony Davis playing together. Then they had Rondo at point guard. They were they were a fun team to watch, and they went to the second round I think that year. They lost to Golden State. Um, yeah. So now I'd like to move on to. NIL. Now, you know what NIL is. If you don't know what NIL is, listening, uh, it's the ability for college players to make money through their name, image, and likeness, uh, through endorsement deals and stuff like that. Uh, Two senators, one from West Virginia, another from Alabama, they introduced some legislation to try and regulate NIL uh, because basically what the NCAA and I guess lawmakers feel is that NIL is kind of running wild a little bit, you know, cause it's new. It's only been incorporated for a few years now. And so they introduced this bill called protecting athletes, schools and sports act. And some of the, you know, bullet points of this bill really fast. It'll make revenue sharing illegal. Uh, it'll give the NCAA power to prohibit certain types of deals. Uh, for example, like any, endorsements with gambling sites or alcohol companies and stuff like that. Uh, it also give the NCAA in charge of enforcing those rules and investigating, uh, you know, those type of incidences and also guarantee health insurance for sports related injuries to uh, student athletes for eight years after they graduate um, athletes. This is the big one, honestly. And that's, this is probably what's going to be the biggest talking point is that it limits athletes from transferring and playing right away only if they've played three years already in college. Wow. So all this, all this transfer portal stuff, which is something I've seen a lot of people talking about that they're not happy about. You know, it makes it difficult to build a college team that all these guys all over the place are transferring. Um, you know, St. John's has been a victim of it too. You know, guys have a good year. They go transfer somewhere else. Um, yeah. and the only exception to that would be a death in a family or a coach departure. So if you, you know, are playing for a team and the coach gets fired or he leaves, they'll allow you to transfer and play right away. Um, so I assume you have to sit out a year and you'd have to wait to be eligible the next year to play. So that's kind of the biggest things with the deal. Um, what experience, if any, do you have, you know, with knowledge of NIL and what do you think about this bill? Well, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Um, it came I'm out literally uh, Tuesday. Wow. I'm yeah. I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised by what I'm hearing. It's just like shocking. Um, you know, I in St. John's, I had studied sport. So, of course, we covered NIL a lot, especially when it was first being created. Um, did you ever have? Funny cause did, the, did you ever have Romano? Oh, have what? Romano. Romano. Teacher. Yeah, I had Romano. I don't yeah, think he yeah. went over it that much. But um, 
because I took yeah I, did, I took I, I took two classes on. with him yeah, and he, we talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, this has been a long fight for a long time for athletes, student athletes, to be able to profit off of you know the their play at college. You know, all these colleges are making all this money, especially you know when you talk about the NCAA men's tournament and college football. It gives these athletes a chance to make some money, especially the ones that aren't going to end up going pro, which is the vast majority of them, um, yep. to make some money. But, you know, now what you yeah. see is some of these, some of the big college stars, even some high school players, uh, getting these NIL deals and they're making a lot of money. Um, and it seems that lawmakers and the NCAA is not completely happy about it the way it is in its current form and they want to try and regulate it at some point. Um off the bat, it sounds like, all right, you're just not happy that all these young athletes are making a lot of money for whatever reason that may be. And they don't like all the transferring, you know, kind of what we see in the M- in the NBA. Players just upping and leaving yeah. and going wherever they feel. College players are doing the same. Yeah. And to that, I just say, like, why are you messing with my bag? Like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, let's be real. Um Anybody else at any stage of their life, there's literally a kid on YouTube who makes $56 million a year. That kid, if you ever heard this kid, Ryan's Toys, it's ridiculous. He, opens, he does like toy he, reviews. Yes, yes, I've heard of him. <laughs> he makes $56 million a year. The kid is seven years old, man. He's like seven <laughs> years old, making $56 million a year. So why is it that a little kid and someone who's probably in their 80s could do anything they want and make money on their name any kind of way without any kind of restrictions besides business restrictions that the government puts on. But when it comes to athletes in college sports, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. You're not allowed to have a camp because here's the, here's the thing that um, you mentioned, you mentioned it, that a lot of, Guys, a lot of athletes um, who don't go to the league, whatever sport they're playing, make a lot of money off of this NIL. A lot of the ways they make money off of it is just by having camps where, like, oh, this is the, like, if you had one, then it would be, like, the Daniel Aquino um, basketball camp, you know? And they have these little local camps, and obviously they're a D1 athlete, D2 athlete, whatever it may be. And it helps them make a little money on the side because they get to teach kids or whoever how to play basketball, how to do this sport, how to do that sport. So it's not only the big athletes that are making crazy money. Yeah, they're making the biggest money because they're the biggest athletes. Obviously, the businesses are going to want to go for them. But even those on the lower end are, are still making money on their on their side, too. Um, and then also with the transfer portal, like. If you're in college, if you're a student in college, literally anybody could just transfer wherever they want. Why is it that just because you play a sport that you have to chill out on where you go? It's your decision at the end of the day. It's not like the NBA or the NFL where there's contracts and you're required to be on that team unless you get traded from that team and the team gives your rights to the other one that they're trading with. There's no trades in college football. There's no trades in college basketball. There's no trades in, in college sports in general. So there's no trades. How are you holding people back from moving from school to school? I get the idea behind it, too. If they want to look at it from a competitive standpoint, yeah. Because now 
Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's yeah, a lot of guys are going to transfer to the big schools because they want to go play with them. But why wouldn't they want to play with them? I, I would. I would even argue there's athletes that they go to a big school. Someone in their position ends up also uh, committing. They end up not playing at all, and then they transfer to a lower school. I think we've seen that. Cam too. Newton. Cam yeah. Newton was in Florida with Tim Tebow. He was the back of the Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow wins those national championships. I'm not playing here. He goes to Auburn, wins a national championship. He's the guy. Even even soon, uh, even, even more recent, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts gets subbed out halfway in the ch- in the championship game for Tua. Game champ. Yeah. Tua ends up Tua ends up being the guy. Jalen Hurts says, "What am I just going to sit on the bench?" He leaves, go to Oklahoma, has a great year, and here he is now. Went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So it's just like, how can you restrict people from moving and making money when your argument is you're just protecting them from certain things? What are you protecting them from? Oh, we're protecting them from alcohol and whatever. Okay, so then why are you serving them at football games? Why are you allowing your student base to bring alcohol on your campus to your parking lots before football games? Exactly. I'm not saying they shouldn't, that they right. should. I'm not saying that they that they should stop them, but I'm saying if you're going to say, oh, the athletes should not be doing this or that, then how are you going to say other students on your campus? It, it's just like, how? Why are you messing with people, people's money at the end of the day? And at, and regardless, the NCAA would never make money off of their sponsorships. Regardless, you know, like yeah, it, it the, NBA, the NBA doesn't make money themselves off of a player signing with a shoe company or something like that. Yeah, or, they don't make or, they don't make money off of LeBron James with Nike or Michael Jordan creating his own brand. They didn't make yeah. money. I mean, they kind of did because yeah, it hypes up the league, but. Yeah, the league doesn't directly get paid out from Nike. Right. Yeah, it's it is it is interesting. Even the name protecting athletes, schools, and sports. Like, what are you exactly are you protecting? I think they have this notion that they're trying to protect some sort of integrity uh, that they feel sports, uh, college sports has, and that. But that's always been off the backs of athletes not getting paid any money and just being uh, in ways exploited. Because, you know, this, the life of a student athlete is not an easy one. You know, you have all your classes and then you're also traveling for games constantly. It's, you know, it's definitely a sacrifice that they make, you know, for their passion to play this sport and in hopes of going pro. But a lot of these kids don't go pro. So this is a way for them to benefit, you know, in a way, the same way that the schools are benefiting from having these teams, especially the NCAA men's tournament. I mean, that makes millions and millions of dollars. Same thing with the college football season. Um, you know, these are big yeah. deals. I mean, it's estimated what that they make like a billion dollars off of the NCAA men's tournament every single year. That's their biggest moneymaker. Um, and then football, they make a lot of money. Um, but not as much as basketball. It, it, and then it's the thing is also is like it's just a it's such a weird dynamic because it's always the schools that are complaining about it. But then why do you invest so much money into it if you know you're not going to make anything from it? Because uh, there's only like a handful of schools that actually make a profit on their athletic programs. 
it, it's kind of crazy that you see these schools just put millions and millions of dollars into sports, but then mm-hmm. complain on the back end that, oh, we're losing money from sports because now somehow athletes getting paid has something to do with that <laughs> because they'll they somehow bring that into the argument like it makes any sense. Um, I think one thing also that'll be interesting to see is if that's something that gets passed, I think other states are probably going to do it depending on the state itself and their mm-hmm. decisions. Um, it's going to be interesting to see like how um, student athletes then transfer or what schools they pick. Because if I'm a student athlete and I'm, I know I'm, I'm going to get NIL deals with whatever, whoever I want, maybe I look at transfer at some point. Why am I going to go to Kentucky? You know, why am I going to go to a school in that state if you're going to restrict me? Yeah, I feel you. All right. So to finish off the show, I have a couple rapid fire questions I'm going to shoot at you. And they're, they're not just basketball. There's five of them, just to let you know. Okay. Um, And just give your answer and, you know, how you feel about it. So number one is where does James Harden play in 2023, 2024? Jeez. Um, I'm hoping the Clippers. I just want to see a Russ and Harden reunion and then hopefully a healthy, at least a healthy Paul George. I don't know if we're going to get a healthy Kawhi. Um, I want the Clippers to be good. I like Kawhi. I like Russ. You know how I am with Russ. Russ is my favorite mm-hmm. player. Yeah. And I like I like James Harden. I don't care for Paul George at all. Um, <laughs> you know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would hope the Clippers. Honestly, I really don't know. If it, I guess if I had to choose a team, I would do the Clippers. Hmm. I, I think it makes the most sense. The Clippers, this might be the last year of having Paul George and Kawhi together. They can both opt out of their contracts after this year. So it, if Harden does get traded, you know, I think the Clippers will probably be the most likely spot. All right. Now, who has a better chance of making the finals, the Boston Celtics or the Phoenix Suns? Oh, man. I'm going to go with the Celtics just off of experience. And then, like I mentioned before, I like the Porzingis move if he stays healthy. They finally get their big man. All of these years with Boston, the main thing I feel like that's been holding them back is they've never had a true big man that's actually half decent. Yeah, Al Horford was okay. (laughs) He was okay. Al Horford was okay. If Porzingis is playing at his peak, He's better than Al Horford. Yeah, was especially, all those especially years now. That yeah. He was there. So I say Boston just based off of that. But it's tough because Jason Tatum is the most inconsistent superstar in this entire league. The guy <laughs> doesn't know when he wants to be the guy until it matters. Mm-hmm. And then look what happened. And Jalen Brown, he's just angry all the time, I feel like. I, I don't even know why he signed that contract. Well, he, I don't even think he really wants to be in Boston. 300 plus million reasons to be a little happier because at least he's going to be there for the foreseeable future because that contract, to trade that, I don't know. <laughs> there is but no I, trade for that. <laughs> what will the Jets' record be this season with Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I've always liked Aaron Rodgers. I would always argue that Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady. <laughs> Most – Skill wise, skill wise, the guy's better. Yeah. You can't deny. Yeah, I that. think you can argue that from, yeah. a, 
from a skills perspective, Aaron Rodgers gives you way more than Tom Brady ever had mm-hmm. in his whole career. So I just like Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, just for time, I have to I mean, rush you a little bit. So can you give a record? Yeah, a record. 17, 17 games? I take I take 11 games, 11 wins. That's 11 and 6 exactly. That's where I think. All right, so two really fast. Do the Los Angeles Angels make the playoffs this year? No. <laughs> They're three and a half games it's back the in the Angels. wild card. It's the Angels. They will plummet. Two of the best generational talents, and they haven't made the playoffs except for Mike Trout's rookie year. Jeez. With those guys. So, no. All right. Now, last one. This is a actually a debate on Twitter. I'm not sure you're aware, but people are arguing Harden or Wade career-wise. Who would you say? Wade. <laughs> Wade. There's people har- arguing for Harden. I, I love Harden. They're saying but Wade I'm, had the, you know, yeah. played with Shaq, even though he was mostly uh, the reason for those championships. Uh, the yeah. first one, I mean. And then he played with LeBron. But Harden, you know, he hasn't come up. He's come up short in the playoffs over and over again. Yeah, Harden's a notorious choker in the playoffs. While Wade, whatever, you want to say that he played with LeBron, you, you want to say he played with Shaq when really Shaq didn't do too much. Um, the guy played like crazy in the playoffs. The guy was there. And he was leading teams to the playoffs without those guys anyway and going deep. I mean, Harden, yeah, of course, did the same. But no, give me Wade. That is all we have for this week's episode. I'd like to thank Preston Torres for coming on this week's pod. And be sure to follow the podcast at Truish Hoops on TikTok. You can also follow me at OZPDan on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also give Preston a follow, Preston underscore C underscore T on IG. Thank you for listening. See you next week.